This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. David Housel said it best, the whole of the Auburn experience. It encompasses a wide variety of things, people, and yes, even different places. But at its core, it is all about our sports, all about our culture, and all about our family. And we thank you for joining us in this experience on episode 39. I am your host, Kyle Loomis, back along with my co-host, the best co-host in the land, the one that has to do all the research on who we should name this episode after, Mr. Austin Scott. Welcome back and what you got for us. Thank you, Kyle. War Eagle. Eps, we talked uh, with our our viewers pre-show, episode 39. We are in a stretch here where it is not easy to find um, the, the numbers that we're wanting to name these episodes off of. We mentioned Dylan Brooks pre-show. Dylan Brooks has transferred, so we can't cheat and use Dylan Brooks as our episode 39. He, is, <laughs> he has spent time as part of the Auburn family, but has moved on to uh, Kansas, and he is not part of the Auburn family at this moment. So episode 39, we're dedicating to two individuals. Marshall Myers is the current walk-on kicker from Opelika, yes. Alabama. Yes. Got to shout out the local kid. And in my vast research that I spent, you know, clearly days on figuring this out, the 1971 Iron Bowl defensive captain, John Hayworth, was number 39. John Hayworth. You, sir, are getting this episode dedicated to you, but also Marshall Myers. So now we've had a few in a row here that are all dedicated to kickers. And with my co-host here as a kicker, I feel like we just got to keep the train rolling. I feel like you're just playing to, you know, in benefit of yourself for me to continue to keep you around, play to your audience, <laughs> who really is the audience here, me, the kicker. Look, right. uh, yeah, I, I appreciate my fellow special teams brothers out there, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll move on from kickers and punters and things like that at some point, but it's nice to hear Marshall Myers currently getting a shout out. And uh, I'm sure that uh, he'll appreciate that if he finds that out there somewhere. So episode <laughs> 39, Marshall Myers. And what was the last one you said? John Hayworth, 1971, John Hayworth. defensive captain of the Iron Bowl. Dedicated to you. Let's roll with it. Auburn Potpourri. We're going to bounce around to a bunch of little small things as we can. Uh, I got a, a list of a few things that pop into our heads. Let's start with this. Kind of maybe gets us transition from last episode to this episode. The Auburn Regional. Uh, obviously, we talked a lot about that last episode with Auburn falling out of that as the host team. I'm not going to rehash a lot of that right now in this episode, but we do have a conclusion to that. And since it involves the city of Auburn, we would at least want to mention it off the top. Southern Miss, probably as expected by a lot of pundits, because a lot of people maybe gave Auburn not as strong of a chance to get out, which they proved to be right. Southern Miss makes it out and moves on to the Super Regionals. And I believe they are currently, as of the recording of this, and playing in the final game of their Super Regionals. Is that where we're at? Uh, not quite. They did get to host. They are in Hattiesburg taking on Tennessee, but they did split two games today. Okay. And we'll be playing game three tomorrow for game. a winner-take-all game to go to Omaha. But either way, the Golden Eagles get out of Auburn. feels kind of sacrilegious to be talking about Golden Eagles that aren't Auburn, doesn't it? Uh, I completely agree. It, it's unfortunate, but if they, you know, we talk about our cut, our distant cousins of tigers, I guess they are our <laughs> distant cousins of golden eagles. So yeah. hats off to them and uh, we'll see if they make it to Omaha, Nebraska tomorrow. 
Yeah, well, well, I don't know that I'm necessarily rooting for them, but I did at least want to mention that. And and with this, too, we kind of want to talk about this. I know you can hear probably stories counteracting this one, but I saw several posts from Southern Miss fans complimenting Auburn for how the overall regional was run, their experience there. So kind of harkening back to what we talked a lot about with Penn State when they visited for football this past fall, uh, having a great experience. So love to hear stories like that people come to Auburn and even if they're not a fan unless they're an Alabama fan and love it so we appreciate them obviously coming and uh, behaving themselves for the most part and I guess congratulations and good luck (laughs) to you if you want to do that here's something interesting that I wanted to mention uh NIL it's everybody's favorite topic but I found this really interesting in summer where we don't have a lot of like concrete sports things to talk about but this is kind of like a high arching topic uh, Auburn sent an NIL delegation, I guess at the invitation of, of now Senator, former coach, Tommy Tuberville. Uh, that delegation was Bruce Pearl, Hugh Freeze, A.D. John Cohen, and women's basketball coach Johnny Harris. Am I missing anybody, Austin, or do you, did you see anybody else that went there? Uh, I, I'm trying to think. I, th- I think Dr. Roberts went. Dr. Roberts. Dr. Roberts went, yeah. Maybe it wasn't. Did I put John Cohen there without him being he, there? It was five. He did okay. go there. You're correct. Yeah. Thank Just you. missing Dr. Roberts. Thank you. Okay, so their delegation, those five individuals, very well represented, uh, went to go meet with Coach Tommy Tuberville about NIL, how it can be better regulated at the federal level. Uh, Thoughts, impressions about that? It's kind of a cool little Auburn connection happening there on Capitol Hill. Yeah, no, super cool. And 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 I think we heard about this kind of after the SEC coaches and athletic directors meeting that there was going to be a contingent of SEC groups up there, but obviously, you know there aren't any other former Auburn or former SEC coaches up on Capitol Hill uh, like Senator Tommy Tuberville is. So really cool to see that kind of interaction and them getting to interact with Senator Katie Brett from Alabama as well. And so uh, it's all this big part of this big thing where we're all still trying to figure NIL out, Kyle, you and I have talked about it before. Um, Pandora's box kind of got opened a little too quick with all this. And it has been the wild, wild West ever since. And so now we're all trying to figure out how much of the magic can we put back in the box and it's not easy. And so really interesting to see their thoughts on it and to see them kind of up there lobbying for a little bit more regulation of it all. Um, I think in my personal opinion, it's much needed, Um, but we'll see how far that goes. You know, when anytime you can get, you know, obviously the likes of Nick Saban and Kirby smart and big time established successful coaches, in D1 athletics up there. But when you, you know, when Auburn, in Auburn's case, I can't speak for any other schools because I didn't see it. When you see in four head coaches up there, um, that's a big deal. Uh, or three, excuse me, three head coaches and your athletic director. And then, oh, also the president of your university up to Capitol Hill. It, it shows you mean something. It means something to you. So um, it'll be very interesting to see how those impressions go. But really cool connection, definitely with Coach Tubbs and uh, the current Auburn coaches. Yeah, look, uh, I don't know how I feel about – I guess that's okay if Nick Saban was up there. I mean, not to get political here, but, you know, it's become known as the swamp up there, and he seemed pretty comfortable up there. So, hey, Nick. Hey, he can stay. That's what I'm saying. Look, you know, surely there's somebody up there who needs a better process or something like that. So, surely he can retire and move on. And, I mean, he you saw what he did with Alabama. Maybe he can fix everything else. I mean <laughs> – I'd be happy to campaign. Did I just say that? Did I just admit that? Like, I mean, that just happened on an Auburn show, but here we are. So 
uh, I feel now I need to go shower and cleanse myself <laughs> of even admitting something nice about that. Uh, let's move away from um, sports for just a second. Something that anytime we just get little fun things about the town of Auburn to mention, I, I'd want to give an opportunity oh. to. Oh. And this is near mm. and dear to your heart. I'm going to be honest. It's not that I'm not a fan of this. It just doesn't really you know, ring mm. my bell or anything. But uh, Austin, why don't you tell us some exciting news that's coming to Auburn for you, especially? It's very, it, it'll be very interesting to see how wide uh, the scope of this segment or this part of the segment goes here with our <laughs> fan base and our viewers. <laughs> um, because we have, we have, as we've talked with our viewers, we have people from all over that, that watch our show and probably have no idea what I'm about to talk about or even care. <laughs> but a staple of my childhood and a staple of where I'm from and where I grew up is, is coming to Auburn, Alabama for its second go around. It, it has been here before. Oh, I didn't but know my, that. Milo's Burger Shop is uh, is returning to the Plains. It is a massive day in my household uh, and for my family. We are more second than only ecstatic. to the birth of his children. I did post on Facebook, so I'll peel <laughs> just a little back very quickly. My wife and I have been investigating this for several weeks. We someone told us that this was a possibility, and there's a new development near our household that's on the University Shug Jordan Loop where we had heard that it, Milo's might be going in mm-hmm. into one of these storefronts ever since then, we've been investigating. And I mean, like driving into the construction site, see if there's anybody there to ask them, look inside the windows um, and find search, search through countless Facebook posts. Uh, and finally I uh, was able to get some, some confirmation, subtle confirmation from the Milo's burger shop, Twitter account in their DMS that Milo's is coming to Auburn. Subsequently, the day after a, an article is written that confirms it all. So Milo's Burger Shop is somewhere that my wife and I have been a lot. I grew up going to a lot and it is fantastic in my opinion. A lot of people won't share that opinion. That's fine. But I will be frequenting Milo's a lot as it is now just over a mile from my house or will be eventually. It's going to be fantastic. Hey, whatever floats your boat, man. So let me get this straight. You slid in to Milo's DMs and still got a response? 100% don't regret a thing about it. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, this is an example of the wide variety of content that you can expect on this show, but you can expect in the Auburn Potpourri segment. I I knew I was going to get this type of response from you about Milo's, and that's why I wanted to at least bring it up because I love watching your little face light up. I mean, they have great sweet tea. (laughs) I don't say that much, so they that do. excites me. But I don't uh, like sweet tea, but they do have a, a what's wrong sweet with you? tea from what I hear. What, why am I doing the show with you? What's wrong with you? You do not like sweet tea? You know, I do not. And and you ask why you do this show with me. We've talked uh, we if you watch the YouTube, you've seen my father's <laughs> comments pop up. My father sometimes asks why he's my father since I don't like sweet tea. Um so we're we're getting deep here. But uh no, I do not. I actually have not, I do not like sweet tea. I, but I'm sure I should let you know a very important detail here. Milo's Sweet Tea and Milo's Burger Shops are two different companies. Yes, I, I was going to bring that up uh, towards the end there, but I'm just the relevant. I can't even talk. The, the idea <laughs> that you don't like sweet tea is something that no, I will sir. have to wrestle with when we get done with this show and really That's consider right. what, what happens in episode 40. So you never know what might happen after this point. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Something that we have been excited to talk about is kind of doing a full year review for Auburn Athletics. Now, we talked about doing this all in one sitting. It could mm. be done uh, in one show, but it feels maybe best served to spread this out. So without further ado, what we're going to do is take each season, the fall, the winter, and the spring. It divides up pretty nicely, fairly evenly, evenly with some sports. And we're going to do a very brief highlight retrospect of the year that was with that and uh, go from there. So we're starting with the fall of 2022. And before we get to sports, Austin, this affects really all of them, but Correct. especially some fall ones because of some things that we'll get into, which the fall ones we'll be talking about, uh, at least mentioning in some way, cross country, volleyball, soccer, and of course, football. But let's start off with what leads all of them, a brand new athletic director after the subsequent, uh, well, whichever way you're supposed to say that but it's okay uh, let me let me start that over alan green decided <laughs> right as the year was starting uh to leave his position you can have that discussion whether he was his contract wasn't going to be renewed not, however you would like to talk about that but he was not going to be here there was a need for a new athletic director a lot of speculation about who that might be i continue to um, you know, vote for Quentin Riggins to be our athletic director. If you saw some other news, we didn't have time to talk about today. He had bigger things coming down the line for him. So very happy to have him continue to be part of the Auburn family and help in whatever way he can, but not as athletic director. But most of you know the news now, but in retrospect, let's look back at it. Athletic director now for the Auburn Tigers, John Cohen, right after the Arkansas loss, because something else happened right after that we'll get to that but somewhere in there yeah and you and i were talking in our preparation that this was confirmed uh nationally i i can't i can't remember how a lot of things went i remember john cohen's name started popping up a lot either during the arkansas game on the way home from the arkansas game um and and it was kind of I don't know if I call it out of the blue. I mean, a sitting athletic director leaving where he was very right. prominent at Mississippi SEC State School. Yes, as a baseball head baseball coach who had a lot of success. Um, so yeah, it was very you know shocking. I think once it all came together quickly, uh, and you know another factor into this is that it was Dr. Roberts' first athletic director hire. Uh, Alan Green was hired by Stephen Leith, um, and so that was kind of another way I think a lot of this was kept quiet because he had his own way of doing things and this was all new for him as well. Um, but yeah. And I think a lot of Auburn people were excited probably because it's someone with sec experience and just experience in general too, has been around D one athletics a lot. Um, and I think looking in the what 10 months since he's been, no less than that eight months since he's been here. It's uh, I think a lot of people are, pretty happy about it and i think yeah. that it's been um a good addition for auburn uh so far and and i think his family fits in fits in well uh yeah. you know kyle i mean just hiring malone we got that got us a regional host right 
Yeah, I mean, listen, if that's what it takes, you know, you <laughs> get a little check mark next to your name to start off the year, it's it's looking pretty good for him right now. Look, in all seriousness, it's been way too soon to even judge uh, the <clears throat> the job that he's done because he hasn't been here a full year yet. But I, I fail to recall any major issues. Um, again, we keep alluding to it. The big issue he he somehow probably had a hand in very quickly getting rid of it. that. That was a Chris Roberts decision. We'll get there. Let's get there. So we're going to get to the football. We know that's what most people want to talk about in the fall, but really quickly, let's run through the other sports. I do want to just mention most of you forget that we do have a cross country team that does run in the fall. It's a very quick and short season. Um, this was the first year under coach uh, Leroy, Leroy Burrell ran in about five, four regular season meets and then an SEC championship meet. And uh, the big thing at the end was Ryan Kinane, I believe a senior, uh, finished 89th overall at the NCAA championships. I know most of you are like, what? <laughs> that doesn't seem that great, but it was a really good finish for him. And there are a lot of competitors there at NCAA championships. Let's talk about the fall sport, though, that most people are familiar with outside of uh, football from this past year. And that was volleyball. What a year they had and bursting on to the stage the way that they did. This was a time where I saw people finally on social media talking about, are we watching the volleyball match tonight? Because they right. were on a historic run and found themselves somehow, some way, uh, just continuing to climb the charts and make it into their second ever run into the NCAA tournament. Uh, did make it past the first round, knocking off ranked Creighton. Uh, but then did lose in the second round overall in the year, 20, 20, uh, 22 wins and nine losses. Austin, your thoughts about the volleyball year? Yeah, and we were able to hit on the volleyball year a lot early mm -hmm. on in our series uh, just because it was happening all about the time. Things were getting super exciting around the program. Uh, you know, we have talked about that we, we might be at fault for um, what, some of those losses. And yep. that kind of broke the streak. But uh We've atoned for those sins and we have talked, we, we have, you know, um, made, made well with the volleyball program. We love we them. We, we, yeah, we really hope so. Uh, but no, you're right, Kyle. Like it was a big deal for people to be excited about volleyball. And, and it's a, we talked at length about it's a young team that looks set up for success uh, in the future. And I think from kind of the very beginning of this next volleyball season, we'll see, people jump on a little quicker because names are familiar. Now we're from a little more familiar with the sport and, uh, and people have seen that excitement that can come with it. So yep. I'm really excited about it. It was a great end to the year. I know you don't, you don't win the last match of the year, but like you said, knocking off ranked Creighton who was hosting at that site mm -hmm. that was in their home gym um, with some incredible highlights uh, was super exciting. So a really great thing for, you know, I liken it to, when softball got really big there for a second and, and it had, it's had staying power since you still see yep. people keeping up with softball, not as much maybe as when they were making the college world series every year, but more and more now that it has, it kind of burst onto the scene and people were able to find, you know, I kind of like this. Uh, it's a different change of pace for me. So I, I see a very similar effect with the volleyball program and uh, you know, they will be one of the first people to jump back in, in the new ath athletic year. So it'll be fun to get started with them. Yeah, I am just um, very pleased that we're finally talking about Brent Crouch's program in, a, in a, yeah, a positive light, which we tend to do here, but in one that's showing the fruits of their labor. And uh, hopefully we're going to continue to watch that trajectory move upward. 
not necessarily to like say this is the opposite, but what I would consider for soccer was a down year sure. um, in coach Hoppe's standard. What I've always said about coach Hoppe is I love that her team is pretty, her programs are pretty consistent year to year. And if not taking a little bit of an uptick, most of the time this year, for whatever reason was not one of the best years since I've been following them closely. And I may be misinformed a little bit about, about that, but I'm going to give you the record here. <laughs> um, you got to be careful with the record here. Six wins, six losses, and six ties. So you put those numbers together, and Yikes. there you go. Um, yeah, I saw that come up, and I was a little bit worried about that. The main thing from this year, Auburn didn't make any kind of postseason play that I recall and that I saw listed on the site, uh, what would be, in my eyes, a down year. But this was the year they switched to accepting more ties and not playing to the end of the game and actually getting a completion. I remember venting my frustration. I think we did that on a show or something like that. I think we did, yeah. So that's the big thing that sticks out to me is not even necessarily an Auburn soccer thing, but just the fact that, I mean, think about it. Six six ties in the record alone. It's ridiculous. Like, whoever decided that, (laughs) shame on you. Shame on you. Let's get to the big one, though, to round out our fall review. And obviously, we're not going to hit every aspect of this. It's not the time to do that, but this is just a retrospective look back. In summary, Coach Harson's final year, <laughs> what would become his final year, didn't even complete the year. Arkansas game after that, getting fired, right following along with the hiring of John Cohen. And then we know what's taken place since then with the hiring of Hugh Freeze postseason. Uh, rebound and recruiting of sorts, but not to be forgotten in the midst of all. I don't, you don't, you was about to say, I I know he's not about to skip a moment to talk about it. In one of the most amazing Auburn moments in one of the most awful seasons that I've had in my time, my lifetime was this shining light of the last four games under coach Carnell Cadillac Williams. So if we could, I would love to hear your thoughts about it in general, but focus mainly on that part of it. But any thoughts that you'd like to share in a retrospect of of football? Yeah, I mean, and you hit on it, you know, and truthfully, I'm not just saying this just because we don't want to really want it. We've mulled on it enough. There's, you know, we've talked about it of of what was, you know, the Harson experience. And there's awesome. still some talking about it to this day. So <laughs> I think that the when you said that, that Coach Cardinal Cadillac Williams taking over does serve as a shining green light, possibly um, in the Auburn uh, football year, is true because I really can't remember a whole lot even before it. Yeah, uh, I remember being disappointed and being thinking, you know, this this is he- this staff's headed toward a bad way. Um, that might not last year, but I really don't remember a lot of the games and a lot of the experiences because of what came. And even though it wasn't this magical turnaround that got, you know, us to an undefeated rest of the way and a magical story, it, it was Auburn's own magical story because no one, anyone that was at that Auburn, Texas A&M game will never forget it. No. When, when Cadillac, is talking to Cole Kublik before he runs out oh, on what saying let's play chills ball. right now, man. <laughs> I mean, just no one's gonna forget that moment. And it wasn't even a good game, like a good game. It was just yeah. defensive, back and forth, kind of who wants to lose this game more? But 
the that was Auburn. If we want to, you mm-hmm. know, play a tag on what the marketing campaign seems to be for the athletic department coming up, that was Auburn being Auburn that night with Jordan Hare Stadium just packed out and and full as can be and loud. Um, that's what I will remember from the 2022 season for sure. Is is the way that team ended and Coach Cadillac getting his getting his time in the sun um, with this, those teams. And and like we said, I think you know I think overall two and three, yeah, two uh, and three, two, right? No, two and two for him. Are you talking two, about Harson? Did we? We didn't make a bowl game. We did not right. make a bowl game. See, I can't from... even remember a lot of the year. All you remember is the Texas A&M game. <laughs> yeah, two and two. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, um, just an incredible job for him to finish it and keep the ship steady. And yep. moving into Coach Freeze being hired and the whole saga that was the hiring process. But Coach Freeze being hired, Cadillac keeping the ship steady made a big impression on him, too. And that's yeah. why he's still here. He got a title bump and is you know over more in a leadership position with the team as associate head coach and so um remembering all of that and everything that transpired and i really believe that's where the start of all this good momentum for auburn on the recruiting trail and all this because they kept it together uh, and a bunch of and what makes it even better just a bunch of auburn guys kept it together coach cadillac trevon reed zach etheridge all those guys held it together um, in order for this new staff to come in and then they became a part of this new staff and and Auburn's still picking up you know the steam where they've been going even to to, to this week so yeah. um, it 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 was a good end to the fall no matter what you consider the football season uh, as a whole we will never forget uh, the rough two years that we've had we'll never forget the scandals or faux scandals, however you choose to view that, that came with Harson and the lack of wins and the perceived lack of recruiting. We'll remember that, but that's not the biggest thing. We'll remember. Personally, what I'm going to remember, you've already kind of mentioned it, but I'll mention it again. It's really what he said at the end of the game when interviewed once again, Auburn's going to be all right. That's right. We're going to be, and it wasn't Auburn's. We're going to be all right. And I mean, Wow. That's just one of the best moments that I've experienced as an Auburn football fan in one of the worst seasons. I think that speaks a lot. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is still summer, but we are still talking basketball. It speaks to the importance that Bruce Pearl continues to make um, as his time here, making it a priority for Auburn fans to follow, to focus on. We have mentioned transfer portal discussions and things like that on previous episodes, but we can finally feel like definitively now, minus maybe an addition of a walk-on or if somebody else comes available, the roster that is for Auburn basketball because of a brand-new commitment that just came in for the Tigers this past week. Uh, a Darren Scott, a Juco power forward, essentially, filling Yawan Traor, who was the first transfer out, I believe. So that kind of almost is a full circle when you think about things. 
So Austin, I would just like for us uh, very briefly in this segment to kind of take a, maybe a way too early look at the roster and see what we, uh, we think about it. So just opening thoughts for you about how you view this team, who's still here, who's coming in, what you got. Yeah. It's been a big, big change. You know, it, not a lot of seniors uh, that were completely done with their eligibility. Um, and so, but it's been a big roster overhaul mm-hmm. through a different, a lot of different ways. Um, and so, you know, we, the guard position was heavily scrutinized over the end of the year, um, right or wrong, but that area seems to be, you know, one of the big focal points of how all that, this next seat roster will look with the, Early addition, I think Denver Jones was the very first portal pickup um, for Auburn and a very highly sought after transfer from Florida International. Um, and one a lot of people liked can shoot the ball at a very high clip uh, from distance. That's what a lot of Auburn fans have been wanting more of. So I think that's going to be a, a big position of uh, a, an upgrade, but there's a lot of cogs that got to go together. We, we talked about, uh, or we've talked about how Aiden Holloway is coming in, he's still a freshman. Um, he and Trey Donaldson will battle for that point guard spot. And then there's Denver Jones, but Katie Johnson is also still here. Um, and we all have the, the craziness that is KD. Psycho. Um, our, he's, but he's our psycho. He's our um, psycho. And so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how those things weave together. And then uh, you go all the way up to, um, you know, a lot of the portal losses for Auburn. Uh, outside of probably Alan Flanagan, we're bench players and we're, mm-hmm. we're guys with, with Chance Westry and Yohan Treor, um, guys that were unproven but had a lot of potential. Um, but they decided to try their luck somewhere else. And Auburn kind of had to add depth uh, for those spots. And I think they did that well, especially with some Juco guys who have had experience at playing college basketball, for one, yeah. um, but have also shown success. And, and you hit on um, – Darren Scott. We always love anyone with the first initial A and the last name Scott. And uh, I should have known you'd work that back in here. <laughs> so I think he'll be incredibly successful, obviously. Um, but yes, because every A Scott has been successful. Name one that hasn't. That's fair. That's fair. I, I, can, I can see the point. <laughs> name, name one that has. Um, anyway. Oh, uh, you said it, not me. Uh, but uh, and so I think that, you know, Really, when you look back on what the portal season has been in this recruiting season, I still go back to, I think, the biggest win because nobody really expected having to deal with it was make getting Janai Broom back because he played so well in the G League Combine, the then the NBA Draft Combine, um, and looking like there were teams that could t- want to take him in the second round and, and yep. seeing if that was something he wanted to pursue. Thankfully, he's coming back, and that's a huge piece for Auburn, um, and they did not get – blindsided by losing their big to the NBA draft. And now they're having to scramble other teams in the state are having to do that. So I'm very thankful <laughs> that Janai Broom is back. And I think people are really excited about this team. I, I don't think everyone's super high outside. People are high on this team because there's not a lot of big names on right. it. Uh, and it. And it looks like a bit, a lot of big names left. Um, but I think the way Bruce Pearl and the staff has constructed this team um, is going to be great. And we have, I mean, we haven't even talked about the, the addition and coaching yep. um, with coach Thompson. Yes. Corey Thompson. Yeah. Uh, Corey. Wow. Gosh. Did not, I miss that uh, last it's night? Not, it's not, it's not Thompson. 
This wow, is how am I, 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 well, while you <laughs> correct us on the last names, uh, Corey Williams, Will, I think Williams, Corey Williams, Williams. Yes, wow. that's correct. I had it in my head too, but when you panicked, it made me panic. It's like, do I have it wrong? Do I have it wrong? I don't wrong? know why I went Thompson. We just went from one C Williams to another C Williams. But uh, anyway, anyway, Corey Williams, I think that'll be a great addition too. So it looks like things are whole for Auburn basketball at this moment. And uh, yeah, a lot, a lot to get excited about. You did a good job, I think, putting it like in a kind of an all-encompassing basket there. Let's, for a few minutes here, just break it out a little bit. I think when you look at this roster, you look – you can divide it a couple different ways, new people, old people. Uh, really, within that, you can say guards versus mm-hmm. uh, big men and what's new and what's old. Uh, let's start with the new maybe. Aiden Holloway comes in as the heir apparent uh, to Wendell Green as the point guard with Wendell no longer being here. Do not dismiss our boy Trey Donaldson. Do mm-hmm. not dismiss him in any way. He will factor into this game at point guard, whether that is a starter or a not, or not. Uh, that's going to be a really fun thing to watch. I do. I like that you brought up Katie. I find him as a little perplexing how he fits into this role. He is that smaller guard that I think a lot of people, not him personally, maybe sometimes, but got frustrated that saying we were smaller, we need bigger guards. And you saw Bruce do that with going out to get a lot of these bigger shooting guards, small forward type guys uh, that can now fill a lot of different roles, whether that's Chad Baker, Mazzara, Denver Jones, Chaney Johnson. Uh, It's a lot of options for Bruce to use alongside KD. So I guess a quick question for you about like, how do you see KD fit into all of this? Yeah, I think we saw a little bit of how KD kind of transitioned into his role last year, toward the yeah. end of last year, right? Like, he's going to be probably one of your first guys off the bench. And and I think he got into that role, and once he accepted it, and I think he, you know, the coaching staff worked well to let him know that was going to be his role. Um, moving forward, officially, that might have happened on the fly during the season last year, but, you know, going into this offseason um, – you know, obviously when you bring in a guy like Denver Jones, who's very highly sought after mm-hmm. and is directly above his or in his spot um, with a guy like Zepp Jasper leaving, you know, it's kind of the right. writings on the wall. Everybody knows what's happening. So for him to still stay and accept that role, I think we're going to really see him as one of the first two guys off the bench and we know KD can get hot. And so I think if he stays focused on that um, and then being his crazy Tasmanian defensive self, uh, I think it'll, it, he will fit well on this team and he'll still be the focus of and the love of many Auburn fans' hearts as well as memes. I, yes. I, I'm looking forward to those facial expressions <laughs> once again. And he will be the bane of many, many oh, yeah. other team because of the way he plays. So, you know, I, I bring him up as like a special topic within this discussion because I don't want us to lose sight of how special and how um, important KD is to this team because we're all excited about these new guards, you know, maybe some That's bigger right. size amongst them. But KD, let's not even forget Chris Moore. Chris Moore is a solid basketball player that's still here at the bigger guard, small forward ish type of position and really got a r- lot of respect last year. Was starting at one point and I thought doing a very good job uh, in what he was being asked to do there. But when you mix in special names like Denver Jones, Chad Baker, Mazar, Chaney Johnson, this. And then we already talked about the point guard options there too. Obviously we don't want to get into the game of, Oh, we're going to be great. You know, it's already written in stone, but there's some intriguing options here at guard, let alone at the big man position. And 
as I think we talked about it last episode, the sigh of relief that we all have had um, that we've gotten back all of them. Uh, Jani well, Brown, yeah. Dylan Cardwell, um, and then my boy. Uh, J- I was about Jaylen. to say, you know, I'm, I'm, I, wait, listen, I'm waiting on. The I had it welling up out of your in mouth. my chest because I was like, <laughs> I was almost, we almost lost him. Jalen Williams coming back uh, to be part of this team. And you add in a Darren Scott, there is your four probably in the rotation, you know, different positions, center, power forward, but that's your big, your front court. Your thoughts on those guys? Yeah, that's a big overhaul when you, when you talk about, or well, not a big overhaul because you're adding, a Darren Scott in and, and maybe Cheney Johnson slides in there some, Chad Baker Mazar slides in there some, but you get your guys back that you know can contribute. And mm-hmm. I've seen we've talked about it before. I've seen a lot of the, you know, focus on positive negative of, of Jalen Williams and Chris Moore. And I think these guys are such crucial cogs to this Auburn rotation, but we've seen them at their best when they don't have to be the guy. They're incredibly great role players and they know their role and how they can help the team. Um, when they don't have to be the guy, they, I mean, they're hitting all cylinders and they're on fire. I think with the additions Auburn's made now, Jalen Williams can go back to doing his thing. And, you know, you look up and he's filling up the stat sheet, but he doesn't have to get the notoriety and he doesn't have to be the guy that we're all talking about after the game. He's just playing his role and doing his spot and it's effective. Same with Chris Moore. We're never going to see Chris Moore fill up, you know, the points column for four straight games. It's just not going to happen. But if, man, if we had the hustle column, it'd be off the charts. We know yep. his his plus minus is going to be huge. So those guys, I'm really excited for them with the additions of the bigs because they'll be able to fit in their roles seamlessly. Um, and, and I think, you know, it's never – I don't like when Auburn fans harp on these guys because – there are guys, yes, we always want them to play to their max potential and at their best, um, but these guys are quality basketball players who I have no doubt, if Jalen Williams were to leave or Chris Moore to leave, they're going to end up at good spots and they're going to be highly wanted. So mm-hmm. it is good that we got those guys back, and it's good that they're joining this rotation of big men because uh, I'm excited. It's a roster full of maybe a lot of unknown, but we've got so much experience, Kyle, and so I think it's going to be – a good year. It it can't come quick enough. And let it not be forgotten. And oh, there's boy. other players, walk-ons that we're not going to have time to mention and things like that. Uh, we're just hitting the main roster. But uh, speaking of walk-ons. The Berminator. The Berminator. <laughs> Speculation, rumors not confirmed yet that I know of that he may receive a scholarship with two. I think there are still two available. Well-deserved. Bruce tends to like to do that. He's hinted that might be coming not to him specifically, but you just you do the math. Listen, folks, special player. Special players, special coaching staff, a new, I want to call it a new era, but just a new field of things, roster-wise, coaching staff-wise. Feels like we may be heading in the right direction, and I'm excited to watch the roster that is for this upcoming year of 2023 and 2024. And we'll be talking about them a lot coming up in episodes down the line. That's going to do it for this episode of the Auburn Experience Podcast, episode 39. We appreciate you guys tuning in, hanging out with us on the way out. If you were to find me, Kyle Loomis, at KyleLoomis24 on Twitter, where can they find you, Austin? At Austin G. Scott, Twitter, Instagram, the things. Uh, I, Kyle, I don't think it was that bad for our first quote-unquote summer show. 
thank goodness this is the Auburn experience for sports, culture, and family because we're going to have uh, quite a bit of things of probably culture and family over the summer we're going to need. So yes. put us up. If you got some topics, let, yes. let's, let's hear it, and uh, maybe we'll work it in this summer. Yes, or we can just spend the entire episode berating you for not liking sweet tea. So I'm, I'm game for that every mm-hmm. single week if that's what well, we need to do. That's, that's probably inevitable, so that's fine. <laughs> we won't give him too hard of a time. And thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. Until we talk to you again. Or even. Or even.